Hey guys, uh, as I mentioned a while back, I'm going to try to post more of the interviews I do as bonus broadcast hashtag content, uh, at least until I can spin it off into a separate podcast. Um, we don't have that set up yet, but in the meantime, this is my sh- chat with Sean Drummond and uh, Michael Matthews, the writer and director of Five Fingers for Marseille, which I saw at Fantastic Fest. Um, it doesn't have a distributor yet, but and it's it's one of those movies that, I don't know, you might be able to see on streaming in six months or so. We don't know yet. Any, anyway, um, I thought it was a pretty interesting story of how it got made, how they made this Western with a local cast and a language they didn't speak. So hopefully you enjoy the interview. Um, Patreon.com slash broadcast if you want to donate. Uh, otherwise, fraud on and eat the beans. That stupid. It's probably just that's over that. Yeah. How's the sound? It's cool. good. If, as long as you guys hold it like reasonably. Check. Okay. Yeah, you're good. Cool. Yeah, we're good. Like your regular old microphone. Can you say uh, your names and your and your jobs so I can write this down later? I'm Sean Drummond, and I wrote and produced the movie. I'm Michael Matthews, and I directed and produced Five Fingers from Marseille. Very cool. Um, so it seems like the setting was the inspiration to a certain extent. Uh, tell me about the place and why you wanted to make a movie about it. Um, well, we going to back to the beginning of the location. So we did a, a, a scout. We knew we wanted to do a western. We thought it's the right sort of um, right idea to get into, but we didn't quite know where and 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 exactly how it would be. And we. Put aside a month and basically hit the road every single day, driving uh, through the whole country. Did about five hundred miles looking for five thousand. Yeah, what am I talking about? So five thousand miles. Yeah, um, trying to find the perfect town, but also I guess inspiration for what the story should be about and all that. And we then found this town, Lady Grey, which is the one in the film, um, and then spent a couple of weeks there. Met the community. Um, leaders and the mayor and kind of took photos of everything and started discussing ideas for what it what it could be and then wrote based on the space so I think that's why it's got such a strong energy in the film is because it sort of from the beginning was right it was Sean wrote based on the place there's a real contested history of that part of obviously the history of colonization across the world but in South Africa specifically when we were first traveling, we were amazed by the fact that there are these European named towns and obviously once upon a time they planted like a flag and said this is our homage to Marseille or Barcelona or whatever it is and now, and they and their townships attached, like shanty towns attached mm-hmm. to each town where, where local people were put to work and, and basically enslaved by the apartheid system and, and before. And now what you find is all those old towns have sort of crumbled into dust and the townships have become towns in their own right. Mm-hmm. So there is a new frontier and there's a natural, there's a sort of natural affinity with the Western because of that, but it's, but it's sort of turned on its head. So it's looking at the new frontier, but from the, the perspective of who was, who were the receivers of the colonization. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that it sort of was a natural fit. So tell me where, where you guys grew up and where you were in your lives when you sort of set out on this, uh, you know, journey to look for a place to make a movie about. We'd been working, so Mike and I have been working together for about 12 years, maybe more, um, as a writer and director, and our whole creative team in South Africa, so our DP and our editor and our sound designer and our composer, we all sort of started while we were studying and we, we sort of found that we loved each other's work and we shared this goal to, to make big genre South African films that would travel and get, get out to the world. And so we, 
marched into the industry as these young 22-year-old dudes going, we're going to make we're going to make something big that'll that'll like, I don't know, grab people's attention. Um, and Five Fingers was probably eight years in the making. Mm-hmm. So it was one of those early projects. We were like, okay, this is something that we really feel. Uh, you know, we want to tell the story and we feel like people outside of South Africa would want to hear that story as well and see that story told. Um, there's not a lot of genre stuff in South Africa. So it's always been something we really like pushed for to try and yeah try and break the the mental barriers and also just those like logistical barriers because South Africa is really far away from like everything. <laughs> so you guys are studying together where? We were studying in different spots actually. I was both in Cape Town in South Africa and uh, Sean was at a university um, majoring in script writing and I was uh, doing directing and um, basically went looking for, for, for good storytellers and, and writers and then found Sean and, <laughs> and then we clicked from there yeah and you both grew up in Cape Town I grew up in Cape Town I grew up in Durban I was in Durban which is on the other coast mm-hmm. the first project we were trying to do together the first project we did together was a short film about a guy who every time he falls asleep he wakes up in a different part of the world so he would like disappear and wake up somewhere else and he's just trying to get home to his family and that was a 10 minute short and we were like oh okay this could work you know like this, this creative thing could work and then the next thing we did was this massive Greek mythology inspired serial killer post-apocalyptic dark supernatural fantasy and we sort of like had a script that was pretty good and we were like we're definitely gonna make this and and uh, tried for maybe two or three years to get that made in South Africa until we realized it was way too big and probably like way too ridiculous for who we who, who we were and where we were mm-hmm. I mean this film I mean the setting that the of the film has like such a sort of rich and complicated history uh, uh, was it a challenge like f- did you feel that you had to to explain it a lot at the beginning like what was the process like how much did you think people needed to understand about you know the history of the place uh that's a good question i i think the intro as it is now that voiceover was pretty much in the script from seven years ago it's like the first draft it hasn't really changed and we kind of thought you put that like peg in right at the beginning of the story, which obviously people listening might not know, but it was like a, it. What it's basically says: first came the trains, with it came the settlers, and then they called it their land, and they put us on the hill, and then it kind of starts. It's it sort of sets the theme right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was definitely chats about: do we need to show the white part of the town or that people have left, or like? try and explain the history in that way but then kind of realize you didn't need to as long as people understood roughly i think south africa already has people even if they don't understand the intricacies of apartheid and stuff they know that there's been a transformation and and i think it was sort of enough for most people to get as a universal sort of theme to it because you see the same thing here in the States, you see the same thing. Um, we were just in Toronto with the film now, and there's a whole big conversation about indigenous rights and, and sort of the legacy of the damage done there too. So I think there are universal themes. And what was what was great was we worked with producers, two producers based in New York, um, Yaron Schwartzman, Asga Hussain at Game of Seven Films, and they neither of them are native Americans, not Native Americans, but they're, they're not American. Not American um, born, yeah. uh, and they've both got ties to Africa and, and they've traveled. And so they got it immediately. And they were also very supportive of the idea of doing it in local language mm-hmm. and doing it with local cast to make sure the authenticity came across. You know, you, this, it's kind of fine line. So as soon as you put a star in it or you go, we do it in English, you also kind of distill a lot of the, the meaning behind it. Right. 
And that was going to be one of my questions, obviously, was, you know, the challenges of trying to shoot it in, a, in, in Sesotho. Sesotho. Yeah, Sesotho, yeah. yeah. Um, the ch- the, they were like, the, I guess the two main challenges was actually, like Sean's saying, trying to finance that kind of movie and mm-hmm. do it on a level where international audiences are going to appreciate it as a genre film. Like it's sort of on a filmmaking level has to be in a certain space. And so it meant it's not a big budget, but it's pretty decent size for South African film. So to try and do that and keep it in situ and not use any famous people was quite a, it was a real challenge. It was the main reason it took it seven years to get the money. Um, I mean, even just on like a logistical level, like you write it and then you hand yeah. it over to someone like a native speaker. And then what's the back and forth? Yeah, we worked with a really, a really amazing um, Sutu writer mm-hmm. and concentrated mainly on because the Sutu is a super poetic language it's very allegorical and it's very um, um, idiomatic and so what we what we tried to do was preserve the integrity of the dialogue without making this literal word for word translation then she did an amazing job and uh, then we handed it over to the actors and they then reinterpreted a lot of them themselves and you've got you have different levels of Sasutu in the in the in the film. So you've got the ghost's character, Sporka, who's speaking almost this rich Shakespearean version of Sasutu, like mountain, like old mountain Sutu. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got something a lot more colloquial that they speak in the town, which is a mix and there's more like Osa or a bit of English and Afrikaans thrown in there as well. So which is something that ninety nine percent of the people who watch the movie probably won't get, but for mm-hmm. actual Sasutu speakers who've seen the film in South Africa, they go, Wow, you know, that's mm-hmm. that's really rich. So we put a lot of yeah we put a lot of attention into trying to make sure that those nuances were. And then on a directing front, it was kind of like you know the story, especially having been so long in development, know all the lines and exactly all the beats through the scene. So you even though I don't understand the language, I can still just watch it play as a scene and know whether the characters are hitting the moments and whether they're in the right space, because that's ultimately what you always chat about anyway. It's not how did you say the line or you know. So in that way, it actually wasn't that difficult, that part of it. Less to worry about in a, in a weird way. Like, yeah, it's, you're just focusing just on emotion then and knowing what kind of has to happen through the scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, how much, uh, how much of the language did you pick up? Like, are there, were there any particular like uh, quirks of the language that you find interesting or, you know, phrases that you enjoyed in, in the language? Um, sort of, yeah. I mean, the, 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 a lot of the... It's lost in the English version, but a lot of the... And we had to... When we brought it back into the English for the subtitling, we had to decide a lot of the time whether to change the original English line to be better suited to what the Sutu line was. Mm -hmm. For example, you know, it's a fight he wants is the English line, and it's in the trailer. So if you've seen the trailer, you, you, you can relate to it. But the Sutu is... It's basically he's going, it's time for us to go and shoot the mountain. (laughs) and it's like wow okay I mean I love that yeah there's something cool about that but then also a lot of the time you're going I don't know if this is going to confuse people if we use this line where it's there was another one I can't remember exactly what how it was but it was we'll see each other soon I'll see you again soon and it was something like like it the the direct translation was was something like like two mountains we won't not be able to see each other if you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so really interesting stuff but it's like Sometimes you can use it. Sometimes it's like it's, it might just throw people off. Yeah. Like, what were the 
were there any like what are the politics of of sort of trying to uh tell a story like in a community that you are like that you're sort of a newcomer in that's a good question um I think that's why we spend a lot of time in the town and we met with the people and we hung out and um, we had to be quite sensitive in that way and also just involve everyone. I think that was the big part was like being, um, feeling like we're not coming in and separated. So a lot of the local, a lot of, except for some of the the main roles that we cast a lot of the local people and the, the kids that are the first 15 minutes of the movie, they're all straight from the town, cast from about 60 kids. Um, so a lot of those things I think kept everyone involved and felt it made everyone feel like we weren't sort of separate coming from the city and like using the town and and disappearing you know it's also being white filmmakers making a film like this you have to be so humble and sensitive to what you're doing like we're definitely not going in there to enforce our point of view or anything because that's such a risk you know you you're going you definitely want to you don't want to be appropriative or exploitative or any of those sort of things so for us it was from the very beginning we found really strong relationships in the town and they helped us and they advised us culturally and they they introduced us to a wide network of people and they really were involved the whole way through there was a guy <laughs> one of our main guys in town was a guy called beast uh, who's a ballet dancer and a ballet teacher and also just like one of the pillars of the community there and so he was instrumental in, in bringing us in and we actually wanted to put him in the movie and then um, there was a scheduling conflict after seven years of trying to get the movie made and we would go back every year be like we're making the movie this year and everybody would be like yay and then two years later they were like okay and then by the time we said we're coming to make it they were like, we don't believe you anymore yeah. And it just so happened that after seven years of trying to get this thing right, the the five weeks we were shooting the movie, he had a scheduling conflict where he was doing a ballet teaching course in the other side of the country, and he couldn't like he's got a small cameo now, but he didn't he didn't make it into the movie mm-hmm. in the role we wanted. Um, and then like the representation thing, there's like multiple levels to it because if you're making a South African film like for a world audience, I think I read a piece a while back that was like it was like a parody, and it was like how to write about Africa and it was like basically busting like every like cliched narrative that outsider journalists do. Were there any sort of stereotypical narratives that you're trying to avoid or like certain pitfalls in that way? I think, yeah, the poverty porn aspect Mm -hmm. of it, like it's set in this small town, but we definitely didn't want it to be like, oh, oh, poor Africa. You know, we want to try and bust that narrative Mm -hmm. wide open. Because this town, obviously, with all the conflict going on in, inside it, for all for all the conflict going on, it's a like a it's a powerful, like vibrant place, full of life, mm-hmm. and that's what South Africa is. That's what I mean. That's what Africa is. You know, there's this the Western world has this perception of oh, we need to save Africa, mm-hmm. we need to go and help the starving children. Cliche, cliche, cliche. And so we wanted to bust that, mm-hmm. um, and I think sorry, just the characters as well that we wanted to put in there. We didn't want them to be caricatures. We wanted them to be complex, like real conflicted men and women. Um, and I think even in even South Africa, maybe this is like dangerous ground, but, but there's a tendency to just sort of like caricature the characters mm. we put in movies because we have an idea of what we think an audience wants to see. Right. And the way a lot of movies are developed there sort of tends to go much more towards those rigid kind of stereotypes and boxes. And we wanted to... Yeah, we wanted to tear that up and sort of throw it away. Mm-hmm. And also, like on a, 
even if you see the trailer, I think you kind of, there's things about it where it doesn't feel like the Africa we've seen a lot, you know, like it, I think that was an important part. It's just on your entry level in terms of like judging a book by its cover on a visual and an audio world and all that it was like to make sure it just was a, a version of South Africa people hadn't seen. Mm-hmm. And it being a bit colder and the snow in the mountains and the layered clothing, um, even all those things and setting it in a rural space, but with like weighty kind of characters and epic landscape sort of took it away from a lot of other kind of crimey city African films or like dry, hot, um, I don't know, sweaty, like like warm colored that's the usual African mm-hmm. sort of portrayal. So just trying to move that's away. Funny, yeah. So people just think this looks different and then that's enough to get you in and engaged. And then the story itself is, you know, speaks for itself, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. I want to get to the new questions, but I got to finish up. So I got to go yeah. back to one follow-up. So it took you seven or eight years. Did you end up, like, did you have to recast? Like, did people grow up? <laughs> and have to recast they grew it? into them a bit more, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So we, we had them about five years before we shot I would say 80% of our cast were about the same that we originally wanted to use. Mm-hmm. And it was quite nice because they kind of grew up a bit. They got like a little bit more serious and a bit older. Um, and then there were a couple of people changed, but yeah. Yeah, maybe two or three recastings. And for the most part, that we, we had the people we wanted from the beginning. And we worked with an amazing casting director, Minyin Lee, who casts like so much of the... She's one of the great or the great casting director in South Africa. We definitely couldn't have done the film without her support and um it, it was a uh, it was sort of funny because when we first thought we were going to make the movie in 2012 or 2011 even um and we cast these great actors and i think it was like there was one point where mike was like you know these like these guys are great but i just almost feel like they're five years too young <laughs> fast forward <laughs> yeah, yeah, fast forward yeah, the yeah. five years and yeah no the the cast were genuinely amazing yeah they really really brought um brought their a game and a lot of them the principal cast are mostly quite famous in south africa they have been we've got almost four generations of south african stars and for each of them i think we wanted to try and break again they're like their uh, typecasting sort of role so mm-hmm. kenneth and Corsi, who plays mungani the mayor is mostly known for comedy mm-hmm. like well well loved as a comedian hamilton Tlamini, who plays porco is the same um, Vuyo, Vuyo de Bula, who plays Tao the lead, is a he's like South Africa's number one soap opera star. Mm-hmm. So it was great to give each of these guys, or to see them, not give them, to have them come and collaborate with us and bring just so much like meat to the characters. Uh-huh. Very cool. Well, looks like I gotta go, but uh, yeah.